You are listening to the Influencer Podcast, episode 93. I am so excited to introduce to you our first guest of 2019, the one and only Brittany Hennessy. Brittany is a true pioneer in the influencer marketing industry and the best-selling author of Influencer, Building Your Personal Brand in the Age of Social Media, which we'll talk more about during today's episode. I will say this book is a must-read for all of you listening out there. Formerly, Brittany held the title of Senior Director of Influencer Strategy and Talent Partnerships at Hearst Digital. As the first person ever to hold this title, Brittany booked influencers for all the digital publications, including titles like Seventeen, Cosmo, and Esquire. And in this role, she really experienced the world of influencer marketing from the brand's perspective. Now she brings an incredibly informed and well-rounded perspective on how influencers can develop win-win relationships with brands. And she's sharing all of the nitty-gritty insights, along with answers to some of the most toughest influencer questions that I've ever gotten from you, the listeners, right here, right now. So let's dive in. This show is brought to you by our free webinar, Pitch It Perfect, a completely free webinar that gives you access to my five steps for helping bloggers and influencers like you land brand collabs, press, and negotiate better deals. This webinar has strategies and steps that will literally blow your mind. You can join the free webinar by going to pitchitperfect.net forward slash webinar. Hey, 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 you know what time it is. Before we dive into the goodness that I got for you today, I have got to give a shout out to our bomb ass. Can I say that? Bomb. (laughs) reviewer of the week. And that is Girl Life Empowerment. Her name is Melody. And she says, I am truly enjoying Julie's information-filled podcast. There have been so many takeaways about how to raise awareness for my brand, my message, and my movement. My favorite insight of all has been the message that you need to stay in your own lane and show up with true authenticity that your audience has the opportunity to truly find and connect with you. Thank you, Julie, for sharing all of your goodness and your amazing guests. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate your feedback and thanks for letting us know what your favorite insight was. I tend to say that a lot about staying in your own lane. Of course, we talk about authenticity and really kind of what that means. And it can be such a relative term depending on the situation and and for so many different people. But I do kind of love to dive into what I think it means from a influencer standpoint, you know, from being an influencer, from having an influence. So thank you for um, reminding us of that really good insight. And of course, you know that I want to hear from more of you. So what you're going to do is you're going to head over to the iTunes. You're going to hit the subscribe button. Then you're going to rate and review this podcast. And then I'm going to see that review. And then I'm going to feature it on an upcoming episode. Okay. You with me? You with me? And then what I want you to do, because today's guest is so bomb, I want you to screenshot this episode on your phone and tag me on your Instagram story at Joel Solomon and our guest today at Mrs. Brittany Hennessy. And hashtag the influencer podcast to let us know that you're joining in today because she drops so many truth bombs. You are going to want to share with us what your favorite bomb was. Yes, I guess that is the theme for the day bomb. You're going to want to let us know what your biggest truth bomb was that Brittany shares with you today. So we can take your screenshots and share them on our story too. 
Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist, brand building expert, speaker, and New York Times bestselling publicist. This is where I take you behind the scenes with today's top influencers, industry insiders, and entrepreneurs as they share step-by-step strategies to help you turn your online dreams into a purposeful and profitable business. Hi, Brittany. It is so awesome to have you on the show today. Hi, Julie. Glad to be on. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So I first want to dive in with a question for you that I ask everyone that comes on the show. Um, And I know that you listen, so you've probably heard me ask this question before, but what does influence mean to you? So for me, I really just think it's someone who has some type of audience and they've built a relationship with this audience that when they talk, the people listen and more importantly, they act. I love that. That's a great, um, a great response. And what does action mean to you? I think it really, you know, it depends on, it depends on what you're trying to convince your audience to do. It could be something as simple as, you know, subscribing to something or, you know, commenting with a answer to a question you've asked. And, you know, in, in traditional influencer marketing, it usually means buy this thing. (laughs) So you know, that's, that's, that's part of, I think a large part of what act means is can you get them to make a purchase. And I, I want to dive more into that idea of, um, taking action, persuasion, all of that stuff with you. But I first want to, I want to back it up a little bit. Um, so we can let everybody know, um, exactly who you are, what you do, what your, you know, niche and kind of uniqueness is to this influencer space. Of course, we have to talk about your incredible book called Influencer, Building Your Personal Brand in the Age of Social Media. Um, But I want to kind of hear a little bit about your journey and and how you got to to this book and, and, and really doing what you do now. Sure. So I, I'll give you the, the longest short version, which is I went to Rutgers, majored in journalism, I uh, wanted to be a feature writer for Rolling Stone, graduated. People decided that print was not going to be a thing anymore. So then I tried to go into digital, but like that wasn't really developed and I didn't have any experience. So I was really trying to figure out what am I going to do? So I ended up working at Abrams Artist Agency in the on-camera commercials department. So I know who all the actors are on television commercials, even to this day. And while I was there, I didn't want to lose any of my writing skills, so I started a blog. And so this is in 2007, where I think I was the only person I knew who had a blog. And so I would cover, you know, New York City nightlife and events. And I had a day where New York Magazine picked up something I wrote, so my blog went viral. So I was like, oh, I guess I'm a blogger now. And then I actually was able to, I was recommended to go on a trip to Germany and be the Nivea's North American ambassador for their 100th anniversary. So they flew me to Germany, and I spent three days on a cruise ship with Rihanna, and I just had to tweet about it. And so that's when I was like, oh, so social media is like really starting to take off. There's like real value here, and there you can actually get like really cool cool stuff. So I was transitioning in my career. I ended up going to like law school for a year, didn't like it at all. So I dropped out, but I met my husband there. So that was great. And then worked in social media. And then I really started to get into influencer marketing because one of my friends who I knew from my blogging days went to Horizon to start the influencer media team there. And she brought me because I spoke influencer. So worked on really cool campaigns there for entertainment and CPGs. 
And then I really decided that I loved the casting part and didn't really like making decks or doing RFPs or, you know, analytics, but I really loved, loved casting. And that's when I saw the job at Hearst which I actually got through a friend who I went to Germany with and I met her there in Germany. So I got that job and I was the first casting director and head of influencer strategy. And, you know, you get all these fancy titles, but I booked the influencers for all of the digital publications. So everything from 17 and Cosmo to Esquire and, you know, town and country to road and track and car and driver. And really just learning a lot about influencer marketing and always dealing with influencers who were undercharging or overcharging or making crazy mistakes and, you know, speaking at conferences and people would always ask me all these questions about being an influencer. And I realized that people kept making resources for brands and nobody was making resources for the talent. And that's what led me to write the book because when you work for a corporation, you can't really tell someone that they're not charging enough. (laughs) You kind of like that they're not charging as much as they should because it's great for the bottom line. But, you know, as someone who mentors a lot of women and influence marketing really is, you know, a woman's industry and the content side, I wanted to be able to give people a resource and teach them things that they didn't even know they were doing wrong which in turn makes them better partners for everyone on the business side. Mm, I love that. And we're going to talk more about the book, which by the way, it's number four on Amazon for social media for business. So obviously you know what you're talking about and you know what you're writing about. <laughs> um, and I, I love your journey because I think that it, it's such a unique one. And, and I love how really every step that you took throughout your entrepreneurial journey really did build upon one another to kind of bring you to where you are today and not that you fell into it. I mean, you worked your butt off clearly. We just, we kind of got the gist of it there, but I would love to know throughout that journey, because I kind of want to talk about challenges for a moment, but the first challenge that I want to dive into, into with you is that, you know, you've seen a lot of success. You've got to experience a lot of, of different types of of themes and and opportunities when it comes to being an influencer, kind of on both ends of the spectrum, on the front end and on the back end. What have been challenges for you as you have really navigated this space over the past decade and really been here to kind of see it become what it is today? I think part of it is uh, one of the big things is imagination. I think in general, from a career standpoint and an influencer marketing, there you have to be able to see what's possible in order to attempt to do that. And so, you know, when, when I was in school, like social media was like not even a thing. When I started college, we didn't even have Facebook yet, which makes me really old because some people don't know life without Facebook, but you know, we didn't have those things. So like the type of job I have now was not even something I could have, you know, worked towards. And so I think, you know, you really just have to keep going forward and think like, you know, this would be really cool if I could do something that combines all of my passions and really just pushing forward to try and and make those things happen. Same thing when I was looking for some my next job after Horizon. I said, isn't this industry at a point where like it's everybody has an expertise within influencer marketing? Like is everyone still doing soup to nuts for every job? Or like, could I just be casting? And I had to look for a long time because so many people had not gotten to that point. But I just knew if I held out long enough, the job would present itself. And that's and that's what happened. So I think, you know, if you have a specific skill set or goals, you have to 
keep, you know, jumping from stone to stone until you can get somewhere, even if you don't know where that somewhere is yet. Because in my case, it might not even exist. And so you just, you have to have some sort of imagination and and do lots of leaps of faith. Oh, and I love how you kind of took those challenges and you really turned them all into opportunities. And, you know, a, a, a lot of that's patience, as you just mentioned, and, and kind of, you know, being a little bit forward thinking and strategic and all of those things. But I, I love that you really saw those moments as really just an opportunity that we're living in a time and an age where the generations before us never had the opportunities that we have. And I mean, hopefully, so evolutionarily speaking, that should happen with every generation. I hope that my son's generation has way more opportunities than we do. If not, we're going backwards and there's a problem. Um, <laughs> yes. But I, I love how you really saw that as, as not you saw this new age of digital media, this new age of marketing, this new age of, of what it meant to be an influencer, to have influence on, on, you know, in front of the camera, if you will, and behind the scenes. And you use that to your advantage. And you really saw the opportunity in that instead of being the type of person that, you know, said, well, there must not be enough room for me because of X, Y, and Z, or I didn't get in at an early enough time or, you know, whatever excuses that we, that people make up to tell themselves to keep themselves small. You really allowed those opportunities to come to you when the time was ready. And in turn, that, that meant you were ready. And that's really kind of where the beauty of it was. Um, so I love that. And my friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business Business for sponsoring the show. And I would love to talk a little bit because you had mentioned you kind of kept seeing mistakes that 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 influencers were making and even that maybe even brands were making because you kind of got to see both sides. What are those mistakes? And I know that this this industry has grown so much and changed so much that obviously the mistakes that people were making 18 months ago are probably different than now. But are there any kind of baseline mistakes that you have seen consistently happening over the last seven, eight, 10 years that you have been in this space and, and kind of newer mistakes that you're seeing pop up. And for the, the listeners who are listening in today, what should they be keenly aware of and, and be putting their finger on the pulse of to make sure that they stay ahead of those mistakes? Sure. So, you know, brands and influencers make different mistakes, but they're, they're intertwined because what one side is doing definitely affects the other side. So I would say, for brands, the number one mistake that they keep making, even people who have done this for a long time, is they forget that branded content is not an advertisement. 
And so, you know, there are huge differences. And advertisement is something that you hire a team and the brand is directing every piece of, you know, every photo, every word. If you are doing something with, you know, sheets, the sheet has to be folded just such. If it's a dress, it has to be buttoned just this way. And they have like control over it and this is their product. A lot of brands forget that when they're hiring an influencer, they're hiring someone to put their spin on their on the brand's product. And so what the influencer does should be, you know, interpreted through her lens. And I see brands all the time hire an influencer who has a very playful tone and uses tons of emojis. And then when she writes a caption that goes to the brand for approval, they completely remove all the fun and you know, lightheartedness from her posts and they strike all the emojis. And it's like, well, if you didn't like this about her, why did you pick her? This is what you were going to get. And so, you know, you see so much of that when they're like, can she say this and can she hold it this way? And it's like, she would never do that because that's not what resonates with her audience. And if she does do it, they'll know. And then this won't perform well, which is the entire reason why you hired her. And I think it's crazy because no matter how many times you explain that to them, it's like they're hearing it for the first time with every campaign. And, you know, it's it's because they don't really want to let go, but they have to. That's like the number one rule in influencer marketing for a brand is you have to let go a little bit. And then for influencers, you know, they when brands are pushing them to make advertisements, an influencer has to be sure, sure in her own abilities and capabilities to say, you know, I can't do that. That's not what my audience wants. And, you know, you don't want to upset a brand, but at the end of the day, you both have the same goal, which is brand awareness or driving sales or, you know, generating traffic to a specific link. So influencers really need to to dig deep and know their worth, know what they're good at, know what their audience likes, and then be able to convey that in a professional manner to a brand so that they can push back if necessary. And I think a lot of influencers are not that confident in what they can do. And so when they're when there needs to be pushback, they're very reluctant to do it, which is how you end up with campaigns that fail and really could have had great success. And I I just love that you touched on that because I feel like that is that has always been one of my biggest pet peeves as well with the brands that and if I am just going to get completely honest with you I think that it's basically they want to do an advertisement because they want to have complete creative control but they don't want to pay ad dollars for it because right. an, an advertisement is going to cost them $250,000 at least versus mm-hmm. a campaign that they'll do it with an influencer that may or may not cause them, cost them anywhere between five and 30 K depending on the influencer. So, right. you know, and there's been so many times that I've worked as the influencer, or I have managed influencer campaigns for other influencers and there'll be big brands that we know very, very well that will come back and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll give us the assets of what they want. We'll shoot kind of, you know, what the assets are with the creativity of the influencer. And then they'll come back and ask for a complete reshoot because they're like, well, the water's not trickling down like this or the da da da. And I'm like, you're basically wanting us to create a commercial for you or basically a print ad for you, but you 
don't want to pay those commercial dollars. You don't want to pay those print ad dollars, but you still want to get the ad that you want to get. And, and to me, that's when I always, you know, want to remind influencers out there that if the brands are going to be that rigid, if they're not going to let you have any kind of creative control, if they're not going to let you redline a contract or do like anything to have any type of, of negotiation at all, it's not a collaboration. It is basically them paying you for you to do exactly what they want you to do. And if that's the case, you should be charging a lot more. That's right. Because there there definitely is room for that, you know, but it's more of, okay, do you want me to be a content creator? Which means I'm going to take your product and make content through my lens for my audience. Or are you hiring me as, you know, a, a as an ad agency? In which case you can give direction and I will shoot a full on ad and that's what I'll make and you can have it and you can use it. And, you know, maybe I'll put it on my feed, maybe I won't, but the pricing needs to be totally different. And influencers need to say, if I shoot an ad for you, it's going to be $50,000. Exactly. So is that what you want? <laughs> yes or no? Because that's how much it would cost you if you were going to an ad agency and actually making this happen as an ad. I love that's that you right. touched on that. And I think for any of the brands that are listening, you know, I whether you work for a massive corporation or, work, or whether you work for, you know, a new brick and mortar mom and pop brand, just keep that in mind when you're going into work with influencers. And I think that the influencers that have been around for a while, I was, I was actually talking to, um, a, a person that came on Jenny from Margo and me, who's a fashion, um, blogger. Uh, oh, she's fabulous. I love she's her. Fabulous. Yeah. And Jenny was talking about this, that she has been so intentional about making sure that she doesn't do that, that, you know, and she was like, I don't care if it's Cartier, like if they're coming to me wanting something, then they have to keep in mind that they're coming to me for what I create, not for that's something right. that they could shoot themselves with a model. Um, yeah, and I think that's where a lot of that confidence comes from, you know, because an influencer, when a big brand knocks on their door, they get starstruck and they're like, oh my God, it's such and such brand. I can't believe it. And it's like, you should believe it. You've worked really hard to get to the point where not only have they noticed you, which is so hard to get on somebody's radar, right. but they have decided they want to work with you. So you need to come to that table as an equal. And I think influencers forget that all the time that it, not only are they equal, sometimes they even have the upper hand depending on you know, how specific your style is or how niche your demographic is or how high quality your photos are, that they're coming to you for something that they probably can't get somewhere else. So they may be a huge brand, but there are so many of them. You're a certain type of influencer and nobody else has exactly what you have. So they have to remember that. And I think influencers get so caught up in the fact that somebody wants to do business with them that all of that business-minded thought process goes right out the window. Oh gosh, so, so true. And it's like they, and it is, it's the confidence piece of the influencers just feel like, oh, I should just be so lucky and grateful that a brand just wants to work for me here. I'll just, I'll even do it for free. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, yeah. and like, I'll just do it for free. I'll do whatever you want just so, you know, I'm finally getting some kind of recognition or attention that I've been dying to get. And it's really, it's not even about the brand at that time. It's like more, you know, childhood stuff that you probably haven't quite, you know, <laughs> uncovered. Um, but I, I just love that you touch on that because the more that we as a collective industry, start to think and feel of ourselves and of our brand as a business, as it should be. Now, if it's just your hobby and like you don't care to monetize it or make money, then that's one thing. But if you're actually looking to monetize your influence, then it is a business. 
And the more that you can learn to think and feel in that way, the more that not only are you going to be stepping into empowering yourself even more, but the industry is going to be so much better off than it would have been, you know, just by sitting back and and just feeling grateful to just be seen. Absolutely. I think, you know, because influencer marketing, when you're becoming an influencer, it's so isolating because it's usually just them and their photographer. But I think a lot of influencers do feel like, do forget that they're part of a very large ecosystem and their individual actions can have consequences for the next influencer after them. Just like, you know, their first set of influencers, the standards that they set or what everybody else now has to live up to. So they're not alone. You know, they're not in like some black hole doing this by themselves. Everything they do does have a huge effect on the industry. And I think because they're so in their own community and in their own world, they forget that. And it can have really, it can have great effects for the rest of us if they do the right thing, but it can be really detrimental if they don't. Mm, So true. So I want to um, dive into resources for a moment because I know you have a lot of them. Um, I want to talk about um, kind of the the resources for talent that you had mentioned earlier that you, you kind of saw a hole missing. This is obviously where the book came from, and I, I want to dive into that a little bit more. Um, but what were those resources that you felt were missing that you were like, man, I, I really need to make sure to show up and support influencers in this way with what I know and provide these resources? So I think the biggest one for me, which was really glaring because of my my short stint in law school, were contracts. You know, when a brand makes a contract, their whole objective is to get as much as they can for as little money as possible. That's the nature of the game. Mm-hmm. If you're an influencer, your job is to be able to read that, understand what they're asking you, and push back if necessary. And it's, it's, you know, there are a lot of parts there. Part of it is really people are so excited to, to even be here that they're afraid to push back. But I noticed like I would send contracts to influencers and they would cut like via DocuSign and they would come back immediately. And I'm like, this is a seven page document. <laughs> right. There is no way you read all of this. But I think, you know, they're just, they're just skimming it. They're like, okay, did you post? Okay. X amount of money. Okay. This is like, great. This is amazing. Let's sign it. And it's like, it's like it has like no. in perpetuity, like all over it. And yes, like, they don't even know per- what that means. Yeah. That's right. In perpetuity, it might have category exclusivity. The flight might be different than the term. Like there are all these things that, you know, when you, it's two different worlds. It's dealing with influencers who who are representing themselves and dealing with influencers who have an agent. I already know, especially with certain agents, like I'm going to send them a contract and they're going to redline the hell out of it. But that's okay because we're negotiating. You don't want to do this. Well, what about this? I don't want that. Well, what about this? And some of these influencers, they don't realize that you can negotiate too, at least attempt. And if you can't come to something that works for both of you, you need to be okay with walking away. And so I did a whole chapter just on contracts with like, what is the difference between a flight and a term? What's in perpetuity? What is, you know, exclusivity? What's category exclusivity? Should you give brands category exclusivity? The answer is almost always no, unless they're giving you an insane amount of money. money. Right. (laughs) Yeah. All of these things, which, you know, I don't think influencers are really paying too much attention to part of Part, partly because legalese is scary mm-hmm. and partly because, you know, it's a lot of work and they're all afraid that if I push back, the brand's going to pull the deal. And I always tell them, you don't understand how much work gets done and how many approvals there are before you ever see a contract. 
unless you're unless you want to get rid of something that's like material to the contract, nobody's going to drop you from a campaign because you want to do, you know, three brands of exclusivity versus five. Like it might happen, but it's so rare because that means we have to start all over and nobody wants to do that. So as long as your demands are reasonable, I, for the most part, use accept a lot of people's things because it's like, okay, this makes sense. And, you know, I can still help the client achieve their goal, even with your edits. So let's do it. If you needed something very specific, like I'm not doing exclusivity and the client's like, no, she has to, well, then we're at an impasse and maybe this isn't the right campaign for you. But for the most part, small tweaks, people will, will be okay with that. So the contracts were a huge one and then figuring how, how much to charge was another huge one, which always broke my heart when people asked for way less than they were worth. It was heartbreaking. Yeah. And, and it is, it's, it's a lot of it is knowing your worth. Um, you know, I, I have a program on pitching that allows influencers to essentially pitch themselves to people like you and brands and, you know, to, for, for a brand deal. And and a big part that I've learned from those students is it's really that confidence piece of believing in themselves, believing in their value and, and the worth that comes with that. That's a huge one for sure. Um, and I love that you brought up the contracts because I think that a lot of times you don't know what you don't know. Right. So it's like, it's not like we're supposed to, you know, um, come into this world and know what in perpetuity means. I never went to law school, but I still knew what that meant because I Googled it and I figured it out. So it's you, there's, there's a, there's an education piece that, you know, even you don't know what you don't know, but at the same time, influencers have also, what I would recommend is they have to get out of that kind of that helplessness and that, for lack of a better word, that that self-victimization of like, well, this is scary, or I'm not good with numbers, or I'm not good with right. money, or I don't understand legal, therefore I should just say yes, or I should, you know, kind of right. put my head in the sand and then hope it goes away. And like, if, if you're really going to step into this, and again, think and feel as a business, there has to be an education piece that you've got to understand this to some degree. Now, if legal is not your zone of genius, that's totally fine. You can hire it out. You can find, you know, even contract templates or a system or a process or a person to help you, but you at least have to take that first step. And now we have your book, which is amazing because it's going to just allow it to be way more consumable. Um, So tell us a little bit more about the book. And then I want to ask you about photo rights, because that's just something that has been coming up a lot um, that I would love to, to get your opinion on. Sure. So the book really, it's, it's a, it's a short, easy read. People have told me they've read it in one sitting. People have told me it took them, you know, less than two days. So I'm happy that it's, it's short and, and easy to consume. And it really is broken out into four parts. So the first part is building your community. And that's where we talk about how do you find your voice? How do you figure out what you're going to post about? And how do you get followers? The second part is packaging your brand. And that's where you talk about having an edge. So what is your unique spin on things? Should you pick up more talents? You know, because actors are always actors who know how to do jujitsu and sword fight. And they have all these extra skills because it helps you get hired. That works too when you're an influencer. Like, can you walk a runway? Are you great on video? Can you host an event? So all of those things. And then it talks a lot about metrics and how to understand your metrics and, you know, how to figure out your engagement rate and all of those, those things that we talk a lot about on the brand side. And then it has like 
press kits and how to how to get the press to notice you, how to make sure you have a good about page, a good collaborations page so that when a brand finally does find you, they don't have to like figure out what are you even willing to do? All of that information's there. And then the third part is monetizing your influence. And that has a whole chapter just on money and how to negotiate. The chapter we just talked about, how to read a contract. And then a whole chapter on, do you need an agent and how do you get one? And then the last section is called planning your future. And that's really a a discussion of once you've achieved influence, now what? Because it's one, not something that it might not be something you want to do forever. You might be, you know, in a specific niche where you'll age out. So then what? Or do you have other goals? Do you want to use your influence and help a charity? Do you want a specific, you want a, a, a clothing line? Do you want a beauty line? Like, what do you want to do now? And, you know, I talk a lot about that because I say, even if you haven't started your journey as an influencer, if you know the end goal, you can work backwards and figure out what do I need to do to get there. And so, so many people, they just start going down a path. And then after a year, two years, realize that they have to completely pivot for their new goal. And they've lost so much time and because they've been going in the wrong direction. So really figuring out where do you want to end up because that will help determine where you should start. So those are the, the four the four sections. And it has a lot of uh, quotes from a bunch of influencers who I know and they've given their insight. It has a lot of tips from experts. So a bunch of folks that Hearst and different brands that I've worked with. And then my favorite part, it has influencer icons. And there are eight icons in there where these are influencers that I think are, you know, some of the best content creators. And there's Q&A with them. And it's everything from how do they create their content to what do they know now that they wish they had known when they started. And so I really tried to not only share what I've learned, but what a lot of influencers who are really successful have learned. I love that. And I love what I love about the way that you set this book up is that it doesn't matter if you read it today or five years from now, because it's really about the foundational pieces and the the strategic pieces that you need to know. So it doesn't matter how much the industry changes or how many new apps or platforms or whatever comes about this this knowledge is still going to be applicable and still going to be important for every influencer to, to know. So I, I love that. Um, if you have not bought the book yet, um, we're going to make sure to have a link on our show notes, but you can literally go to Amazon, Google the word influencer, or I mean, type the word in influencer, building your personal brand in the age of social media, or of course, Brittany's name, it will pop up. It's $14, guys. Do yourself a favor, invest in yourself today and get this, this book. I know that it's going to help so many of you. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Um, I am just so excited to see what everyone listening learns more, um, when they dive into that, um, amazing book that you created. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, it's, it's doing really well It you is know, it's yeah. tough because people don't really read is what, <laughs> is what the general consensus is. I think we talked really about read. that with the contracts. <laughs> yeah. People don't, <laughs> right. People don't really read, but the, the reception to the book has been great. And, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with, with the medium. So it's people who want to be influencers reading it, then sharing it, and then more people find out about it. 
So the book's been doing, and people have said, you know, just really simple things in the book that they didn't know they've implemented. And a bunch of people have said, you know, I wasn't getting any contracts and now I'm getting all these deals or I can't believe how little I was charging. I started charging X amount and I'm getting it. And so those are things that when people tell me, they make me so happy because that's really, that was my goal with the book, which is there are plenty of things that you can't really Google because there are so few people who have been in influencer marketing and have, you know, some insight that's not particular to their brand or their particular vertical, because that's how jobs are usually set up. And I'm just lucky that I've worked at an agency and then a publisher where I've had to do, you know, teen stuff, mom stuff. I've had to do pharma for like old people. Like I have a big, you know, I have a nice, a nice variety of, of, case studies to look at, to come up with across all of these things, or if it's male or female or beauty or travel or health, what are some things that are always true? And, you know, really just being able to share those things so that it can apply to as as many people as possible. And they really don't know what goes on 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 this end because who's going to tell them, you know, we're not going to share the secrets, if you will. So I, I felt like that was kind of my responsibility. I love that. Well, I'm so excited. I I know that my, my, um, the listeners of the podcast, I know they read because we talk about books a lot and they love any book recommendations that, that they get. So I'm excited for each and every one of them to gift themselves this book and to dive in, um, and to share with us via social media, um, Instagram DMS, Instagram stories on your thoughts of that. Um, so before we, we wrap up, I want to ask you about photo rights for a moment. Um, because this has been a thing, especially in this last year that I have seen pop up a lot that an influencer will come to a Facebook group or they'll DM me, or maybe they're a student of mine in one of my programs. And they'll say, you know, Hey everyone, I've been working with this brand and they have asked for rights to, all of my photos that I used, you know, that we created for the campaign that we did, and they want to put it on billboards and on buses and all over social media. They want to use it as Facebook ads. Um, do I charge them for this? If I do, how much do I charge them? I accidentally signed a contract that gave away all these photo rights, and now my face is plastered <laughs> on, you know, Times Square. Um, what do I do? This is like the consistent question that I get with photo rights. So can you kind of like give us the lay of the land with this thing? Sure. So, you know, I think for the most part, when an influencer creates a photo and it goes on her Instagram, the general assumption should be that the brand can also post that organically on their social. So that should be free of charge or baked into your actual price. So, because it's, it's also mutually beneficial because now you have exposure to the brand's audience and maybe you'll pick up more followers. Where it gets tricky is when they want to start using your, your content, not as just branded content, but as an advertisement which is where you run into paid social and out of home and all of those things. So I like to think that you, 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 you definitely charge for that. Absolutely. And the, the, the fee structure I've been using is for them to run it on. And I think it also depends on how many followers you have. It, it changes a little bit, but for them to run it on social media and put paid behind it, I think it usually should be about a quarter of what you charged for the post per month that they want to use it. 
So if you're charging, you know, 4,000 for an Instagram post, you should be able to charge them $1,000 for every month that they want to put paid behind your post. So if it's three months, then you get an additional $3,000. I think that's fair because one, you're getting paid for the exposure, even though you don't have to do anything. But two, they'll push your content out to a very wide audience, which when you have more followers, you can charge more money. So it's great for you. Once you start looking at out of home and things where it won't be used in context necessarily, that's where I think you can charge, you know, 50% of what your post is per month. So then you should be charging $2,000 if they want to put it, you know, on their website and not necessarily use your name or something like that. And then if they're really just like, we want to use this wherever we want, then you should probably charge the same amount that you've charged for your post. So that would be $4,000 a month for however long they're running it. And I think those sorts of numbers are fair. They're digestible. And they keep a brand in check because if they want to run something for four months, that's $16,000. That's a lot of money. So they really have to decide, do we want to do that? And I think it also depends too on how much money you currently make in that space. So if you're a beauty blogger and it's for a foundation and they want to run it for four months anywhere they want, sure, you could charge that standard 4000 but you probably want to bump it up a little more because while your face is associated with this brand, other brands will not touch you. And so because you're essentially like the poster girl for XYZ brand. And so there'll be lost revenue there. So you also can look at if they're running it for four months and you usually do one campaign a month, that means that's four campaigns that you won't get to do. So that's another $16,000. So those are, I think, the ways people need to start thinking about it. How much do I want to charge the brand to use my face? And then because I will lose money while being associated with that brand, how much money am I going to lose? And then try and find a number that you're happy with. But it's a lot of math. It's a lot of, it's a lot of, a lot of math and a lot of figuring it out. And that doesn't necessarily mean that's what you'll get. That's what you can ask the brand for. And they might come back and say, okay, we don't, kind of, we don't have that kind of money. What about this number? And then you can see how, how you feel about it. But I always tell influencers, if a brand tells you something and it doesn't, it doesn't pass the gut check, it's probably because it's not fair. And that's okay that they don't have, you know, it's okay that they can't afford you. It's all right. Like if you're really good, you should be expensive and not everybody can afford you. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think influencers, they, they get a little upset when they're like, oh, they don't have enough money for me. And it's like, well, then maybe once they have more money, they can work with you. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, expensive, but worth it.com. That's right. Ooh, yeah. is that available? We should I, get it. I, I know, right? <laughs> I love, it's kind of like one of my, um, my secret things. I love to think of really weird domain names and I'm, I'm always like, can we get that? Is that, I love it. I love to buy domain names. I'm just, I'm, oh yeah. I'm I have, um, please move out.com. Love it. Love I have, it. I'm, I have, I'm definitely adopted.com. See, those are good. Those are good. Yeah. We, I, I bet expensive, expensive, but worth it.com is totally taken. It's gotta be. I think, I think I did look that up a couple of years ago. Oh, that's so good. Well, Brittany, other than the book, which is incredible, what are other resources that you offer um, to support influencers? Sure. So I actually have next, next month I have, uh, I'm doing a live 
conference. So it's going to happen in New York, but you can live stream it. And so that information is on my website, which is pretty easy, brittanyhennessy.com. It's called Duct Tape in a Dream. And so I call the bunch of influencer and expert friends to come and we're going to talk about all the things that are in the book in like a live setting. So negotiations, content, you know, PR, boosting your own content, all of that fun stuff. So we're going to have that conference and it's super cheap. It's only $25 because everybody wants to invest in themselves, but, but let's be real. Like it's the expensive things. You really got to think, do I really need that? Do I really want that? And it's right around the holidays. I know people are buying Christmas gifts and, you know, Hanukkah gifts and other things. So I wanted to make sure it was affordable. And then the other thing I offer that happens all the time. And I started offering after being requested, it being requested by a lot of people is I do strategy sessions with influencers. There are a bunch of different, yeah, there are a bunch of different options. One of them is, you know, the most basic one is just, we get on the phone and for 30 minutes, we talk about your Instagram. So I will talk to you about your bio, your hashtags, how you're engaging with your community. I'll give you insights on, you know, who your community, who your community is, what brand affinities you have, who's your audience following, all of that, that fun technical stuff that the actual influencer might not have access to. And then we go all the way into like, really big strategy sessions where I did one with an influencer and we actually went through a contract that she had received and needed help negotiating. And so we talked it over and came up with a price that was $12,000 higher than what they originally offered. And she went back to them and they said, okay. Yes. Yes. she was like, you know, this phone call wasn't cheap. She's like, but I, it made me $12,000. She's like, so it was totally worth it. Exactly. Which is fun because I think, you know, lots of times you are doing something, but it always helps to to have somebody else look over your content or your, or your contracts or just like, what's your overall strategy? And it's nice coming from me because it's the person who is doing the casting. So, you know, you might have a friend or another influencer look at it, but they're not looking for the same things I'd be looking for. And so I think that perspective is something that, people, people really enjoy. And it has made a lot of people, a lot of money. I always tell them I want 10%, but like nobody has given it to me yet. So I'm just, That's I'm amazing. just paying it out. Hey, you know, when you invest in yourself the right way, I mean, it's just, it's incredible what can come back to you. So for all of those listening who want to deep dive into your Instagram, she just opened the door and I'm kind of nervous that you're going to get like a million DMs. I hope you do. Because I know, I, will, I know that you're worth I, I it. Take it. Yes, you can I never be too busy. It. Yes, that is true. Well, Brittany, thank you so so much for coming on today, sharing your wisdom, your journey, just all of your knowledge bombs and your truth bombs. It's been so much fun. I know that the audience is going to eat up this episode. They're going to love it. Um, so thank you so much, and let everybody know where can we find you. I know that you already gave your website, but where can we find you on social media to make sure to tag you and send you DMs today and let let you know how we how we love this episode. Yeah. So I'm Mrs. MRS Brittany Hennessy on Instagram. And that's really the one I check the most. So, and I answer all my DMs. So if you DM me, I will respond. There you go. There you go. Well, thank you so, so much. And uh, I can't wait to, to catch up soon. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Your podcast is great. So I'm honored to be on it. Thank it was you. Really fun. Thank you. Thank you.
Wanting even more influencer podcast goodness and to connect with like-minded influencers? Join our Facebook community for daily tips on how to up-level your business and chat with myself and other listeners. All you gotta do is visit facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the influencer podcast to be a part of this wonderful community. Are you ready to create your own industry-leading influence? For show notes, downloads, and action-based tips, head to www.theinfluencerpodcast.com, where you can find out more about this week's episode, guest, and our host, Julie Solomon. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please take a minute to go to iTunes and leave a review so we can help other influencers like yourself build their own successful business.